following program is brought to you by your friends at Podcast One. Hey, it's Adam Carolla. The greatest time of the year is back. College basketball. That's right. March Madness, March Mania, and March Money. Join in on everyone's favorite game, the Bracket Challenge Contest at betonline.ag. Sign up for a free account, receive your 50% welcome bonus, and make your picks. All the early lines for all the games are now available, so don't miss out on any of the action for the next three weeks at betonline.ag, the exclusive partner at Podcast One Sportsnet. That was a real struggle for us because you see it, you know that it's not a good fit, but you're so attached, right? This person is already part of the house family. You invested so much in the hiring process. Everybody's so close with each other, but it's really not a good fit. I think that was a struggle in the earlier years to let go um, sooner, but you learn to do it. You learn that actually you are not doing any favor, not to the company, not to yourself, and definitely not to the person by dragging this decision uh, for much longer than needed. Welcome to the Forbes interview. I'm your host, Steve Bertoni. On this show, I'll do in-depth interviews with billionaires, entrepreneurs, and influencers. Today, we have Adi Tatarko, who is the co-founder and CEO of House, which is just an absolute internet powerhouse, a home powerhouse, and Adi herself is a powerhouse. Thank you for joining us. Well, thank you for inviting me. So not only is um, House a, you know, the, as they said in the old days, a unicorn company, um, billion-dollar tech company, but Adi is a rare female founder. Um, so this is NCEO in the Valley. So this is, we'll have a great talk today. Um, Adi, what do you, what is going on with House? I know there's been a lot of changes. What's kind of the state of the union over there? Um, so House grew uh, quite a bit from when we uh, left uh, our house to start this as a serious company a little bit over seven years ago uh, with more people, more housers helping us to build the product um, and expanded from uh, being a community-based project to a uh, product that uh, 40 million people are using now every month all over the world. We basically localized the platform in uh, 14 different countries outside of U.S. based on demand from our community. We launched two very different revenue channels. We now have 11 offices, five in the U.S. and um, six outside of the U.S., but houses in all offices feel... Um, the same, very passionate about the product and the innovation and really transforming this industry as a global industry. I want to start by talking about the, the origins of this company because it's a fascinating story. Um, your co-founder is also your husband, and this was kind of a, a personal project you guys did on the side in your kitchen, right? Correct. So take me back. Take me. Tell me the origin story. Yeah, we bought our first house ever. We still live in the same house. It was not a fun process to say the least trying to renovate it it was very um old school process where we had to buy books and magazines and work and find professionals offline that was very hard to get to um communicate things that uh, we were supposed to decide on without having any information or knowledge about them and so that lack of knowledge and frustrating process led to starting um, a community-based project where on one side we had professionals like architects and designers in the Bay Area and on the other side homeowners like us from our kids' um, school 
collaborating together around the technology that Alon originally started um, coding himself and the product that he built and trying to bring it all into one place, sharing that knowledge, exchanging ideas, making it more visual, giving access to everybody to that information that was so missing, educating each other. Mm-hmm. And the project just took life of its own and started spreading outside of the Silicon Valley to other areas as well. And taking a moment to thank our supporters, Rocket Mortgage and Veridesk. You'll hear more about these companies later in the show. Yeah, you mentioned your uh, co-founder husband, Alan, is the, you know, he's the engineering whiz. But what I'm fascinated with is how do you build a community-based platform with now 40 million people from your kitchen table? How did, how, how did that get started? That always blows my mind when these companies build these massive audiences and kind of go viral. What was, what was the secret with House? At that point, we were already using technologies for travel, technologies to purchase different things, to find information, to educate ourselves. But the home improvement was so fragmented and um, there were so many frictions and barriers to get to that information. I think that was the beginning of it, the origin, Hmm. where, where you realize that you can build a community from different parts of it and bring everybody together if you give everybody the right tools and the right technology to actually talk to each other, educate each other. And um, thinking about it this way helped me and Alain in early days to one, build a product that would serve everybody in that industry and um, like us is interested in, in home remodeling and design. When did you and Alain realize that this went from kind of a side project to, wow, we have a business on our hands. Because I believe you were working in, as a financial advisor and Alan was running um, engineering teams at eBay, correct? Correct. For a long time, we actually thought bringing investors or trying to get money involved from the outside would ruin all the fun here. So we avoided yeah. that and just kept the fun going on. But at some point, this fun became like lots of sleepless nights because it was just us running it. And there was a little um, email there, support at house.com, and we put the kids to bed. And then we all of a sudden started getting more and more requests and emails and ideas from both professionals and homeowners. It became pretty massive. And over, over you know, the first year, we had different milestones where we got feedback from all of a sudden people outside of our area, outside of California, professionals mm-hmm. from different um, Parts of the industry. When we started, we only had interior designers and, and architects, and we started getting requests from other professionals, contractors, builders, uh, kitchen and bath remodelers to start groups for them as well. And at the same time, I remember one particular moment when one of my friends from, from school that was one of the original 20 users called me and she said that one of her phone calls that she got so excited um, that morning was from her sister in Oregon that uh, mm-hmm. bought a house and her realtor in Oregon recommended house to her as her major tool to renovate the house that she just purchased. And she called my friend and told her that she has to take a look at this amazing website that the realtor in Oregon just introduced her to showing her house and my friend was said I, I thought that she's kidding me because I never showed it to my sister she didn't own a house or needed that but then she's telling it to me I told her are you kidding me I'm one of the original users of this site I can't <laughs> you're using it in Oregon so there were of course different anecdotes over time and you start seeing the numbers going up in traffic but you don't really get a sense until you hear it literally from somebody that is 
very, very far away from you and he's using it and he's super excited about it and sharing it with others. And that explains the traction and how it's was built. Professionals introduced their clients to it, clients introduced professionals to it, and each one of them introduced it to peers or other friends and this is how it spread it. Hmm. We didn't have money to invest in marketing, so it was all organic, pure need and pure love to the product that was introduced. Was there one moment where you and your and your husband and co-founder decided to okay, we're gonna, you know, kind of quit our more stable careers and, you know, go out this full time? Was there a certain event that struck that that made that happen? Yeah, so it was it was actually very casual. So we met um, a grandparent of uh, one of the friends from our child's preschool. And that grandparent happened to be a very successful founder, but we um, did know that. And we just casually mentioned that, you know, what we're doing and what we're doing is a side project. And he expressed an interest. So I sent him a link to look at the website without even knowing who he was or what he did. Hmm. And he ended up calling me and saying that we're crazy, not turning this into a real business, bringing, you know, investors in and bringing more people to help us develop the technology and, and build the community. Because at some point, if this is so successful without pouring money into it and without getting more help from others, um, if we're not going to do it, others will just copy what we're doing, which we were skeptical at this point. It was just our fun, amazing side project that is growing. Um, but when somebody from the outside, which at this point we discovered who it was, telling you, you have to consider it, then you start considering it. Who was his, his grandparent? His name is Amos Wilnayi, and he uh, was the founder of MMC Network, who um, is a company that he founded, took public, and then sold it for four and a half billion. So I think he had enough track wow. record. <laughs> you should consider bringing investors. Did he invest? Yes. But I will say, when he said that, after we considered, and it took us a while to get to the point that we said, okay, we'll do it. Actually, he was so sweet, and I told him, but you have to stay as a mentor on our side. Don't Please don't become an investor. We need you on our side. So he said, okay, whatever you want. I'm happy to help you. And we did, and we brought uh, Oren Zev, who is amazing, and he's our first investor, which is the most important thing is who is you know, going to lead your first few rounds. And, and that was such a great, fortunate uh, meeting that, that we got to meet him. But then Amos, when we closed the deal and the terms and he advised us and everything, at the end he said, but I do want to invest too. <laughs> and so, but he was super nice about it. That's amazing. I got, I got to send my kids to that preschool too. It, it, quite a few very good preschools with great people from all over the world in the Silicon Valley. So yes. So your background is you were worked for a boutique financial shop uh, or investing company. How do you go from doing investing um, to becoming a CEO of a, of a tech startup? You don't see yourself as a CEO of a tech startup. You see yourself as a partner and, and, and somebody that is driving something, driving something you're super passionate about. At this point, both Alana and I uh, pretty much covered every single aspect of the business by ourselves, from building the community and the content and the operation and the marketing and the product, the design, the engineering, you name it. Everything we're talking to clients, talking to professionals, talking to vendors, talking everybody in the ecosystem, and of course, lots of homeowners. So when you're doing everything by yourself because you don't think that you're going to have other people, you just teach yourself um, and you learn what works, what doesn't work. And 
we had in our previous life we didn't start this company when we were when we were 20 a little bit older than that and so in our previous life we had different experiences that mm -hmm. definitely helped us um, to come to this with a state of mind we need to try things we need to be hands-on we need to be very open to bring people that are better than us on different fronts and let them be part of it um, and it really worked this way. We, we brought amazing houses and we wouldn't be here today talking without the amazing people behind the platform. So I always say idea is great, execution is wonderful, but you really, really need to look at the people around you because that innovation and that drive will come from many people around you and you need to be very, very um, careful in terms of who you surround yourself with because this is what's going to carry the, the platform. And we'll be right back after this quick break. Support for the Forbes interview podcast comes from our friends at Rocket Mortgage by Quicken Loans, the mortgage company that decided to ask, why? Why can't clients get approved in minutes rather than weeks? Why can't they make adjustments to their rate and term in real time? And why can't there be a client-focused technological mortgage revolution? Quicken Loans answered all these questions and more with Rocket Mortgage. Rocket Mortgage gives you the confidence you need when it comes to buying a home or refinancing your existing home loan. Rocket Mortgage is simple, allowing you to fully understand all the details and be confident you're getting the right mortgage for you. Whether you're looking to buy your first home or your 10th, with Rocket Mortgage, Mortgage, you get a transparent online process. It gives you the confidence to make an informed decision. Rocket Mortgage by Quicken Loans. Apply simply, understand fully, mortgage confidently. To get started, go to rocketmortgage.com slash Forbes. Equal housing lender, licensed in all 50 states, NMLS, consumeraccess.org, number 3030. What are your, your tricks on hiring great people? I think that we prioritize hiring as one of our major goals as the people that lead the company. And for a long, long time, both of us interviewed every single candidate on every single front. We spent uh, the first few years, 50% of our time was interviewing people. And at some point, of course, we scaled uh, quite a bit. So we said, okay, it's either me or Alon, but one of us has to interview. And at some point, even that was not uh, possible anymore. Till today, we spend a lot of time on the hiring front. I think this is very important because you give the candidate a very good way to understand what is this company all about. And they meet not just with us, but with many other housers. Mm -hmm. um, but also for you to learn and, and get to know the candidate much more. Because you know what? There are great people out there that may not be a good fit for house, neither professionally or potentially even culturally. Yeah. How do you define your culture? So... If you ask not just me, you ask every houser, and we have 1,800 of them now in, in our offices around the world. I, I think that one of the most common words that you'll hear pretty much at the beginning of the conversation will be family. We're part of the house family. And I think it's, it's very, very true. Uh, people here are very personable. Um, they are competitive, but not with each other. They are competitive as a team with the outside world to be the best, the innovators, the, the ones that are leading the change, uh, but not with each other, really. And it's true across the board. People really care for each other. We know each other's family. It's a very um, balanced, uh, very healthy um, environment where from the beginning we build the foundation with lots of female and male, you know, 
that are super talented and eager to work with each other. We have over 50% of our workforce across the board is female. So mm -hmm. it's, it's a very fun, balanced, um, stimulating family style environment, less hierarchy than you'll find in any other company. Um, everybody is very accessible. You can come and talk to whoever you want, to Alan, to myself, to anyone else in the company. We don't use titles. We don't have executive meetings. We have, we don't have many meetings at all. We yeah. have meetings for the sake of, you know, talking about a project that we want to run next week or somebody come, came up with an idea and we'll bring together different people at different levels from different departments to brainstorm and, and execute it. But it's not meetings for the sake of processes or or decision-making, or executive, there is no such a thing. We're all houses, we're all contributing, ideas can come from everywhere. Sounds good to me. And you mentioned family. It's rare to have a husband and wife running like a big company. How do you balance that relationship? How do you balance you know, your actual family with your house family? It, just, it, sounds like very, it sounds like there's some really interesting obstacles and some also really good perks. How does that work? First, let me start that I wouldn't do it with anyone else. <laughs> Um, because you need to build a lot of trust. Um, and so obviously we have that trust and we also know each other very well. And like ego is not part of something that housers carry with them at the door. Actually, we make very, very sure when we bring people to house that they check their egos at the door and, and come, you know, purely as themselves to contribute to the house family. Uh -huh. Um, is the same with us, right? So we know exactly what Alon is very good at and what he should be responsible for and vice versa. What are the areas that I should run? Of course, we share with each other. We consult with each other. We both help each other, you know, make decisions and we're not operating on isolated islands, but we just let each other thrive with what we're good at and we're very complimentary to each other. It works. That's great, and your 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 children must be getting a a front row seat uh, to the world of entrepreneurship and tech. They they literally live it twenty four seven, don't they? Um, we're trying to. I, I think you can prevent your kids, you know, from being exposed to it, even just the state of mind. But I will say we did try to put uh, boundaries between home and and work, especially because we are. Married, a married couple that work together and you, you want to leave some, you know, pure area for home where work is not uh, part of everybody's life. And our kids are very good at actually reminding us exactly like we expect them not to use their cell phones when we go out for dinner. They expect us not to talk about work when they are in the area. Unless, as my older son said, it's something very interesting for them to hear about too. <laughs> so like we released our... Um, a few uh, last episodes with different celebs doing my house and our kids are really into basketball players. So when we did, um, you know, some things with NBA players, they were very into that. Or my son really loves design. So we've heard we're working on a logo. So that's, and you know, getting his perspective that that's a fun thing to do. But in general, I will say we're pretty good at uh, putting the boundaries. And when we're not, they're pretty good at putting the boundaries for us. And speaking of boundaries, like what's like your day in the life? Because as you mentioned, you know, the company is international. There's over a thousand employees. You're in all different markets. How do you kind of turn it off? And how, what's kind of like your normal a normal day? Um, so first hour, I train every morning. I, I um, work out, and then at seven o'clock, my kids get up, and then the full hour, I do nothing. But we all eat breakfast together, have coffee, talk with each other about the day, what 
you know, he's waiting for each one of us. Um, and this is really fun moment where everybody's in the kitchen yeah. and it's, it's just great before the kids leave to school. It's full hour just for us. And then they leave to school and I get ready to go to work. And then my shift at work starts. If I'm local and I'm not traveling, then I usually respond to many international emails and stuff that I got overnight um, from overseas. And then I show up at the office and have a bunch of meetings and brainstorming sessions and um, strategy stuff and hiring and um, different tasks that I have for the day. Um, and in the evening, I come home and have dinner with my kids. And this is shifting again to um, the third shift of the day, back to the kids. Yeah. And they go to, to bed and then back to work if needed, emails and stuff before um, I go to sleep. So this is, the, this is how the day works. It's a full day. It's a full day, but it's a lot of fun. You know, I, I've heard it once, uh, and, and I totally agree from one of our investors, um, this is the time in life that everything comes together, right? Unfortunately, you can't be at the peak of your doing in terms of your career and contribution to the world when you are 20 or when you are 80. <laughs> it's, it's, it's usually coming around this, this time, and this is usually the time that people have kids. Yep. Um, and, and this is the peak of everything. So instead of seeing it as this is crazy i'm saying i'm very fortunate that i'm able to choose that i want to combine both i think that these are very interesting times where we can really choose we can choose to dedicate ourselves just to being parents we can choose to dedicate ourselves just to having a career we can combine both because there are options out there as long as you have the right people around you at home and at work and you have the right partner at home and at work in my case it's the same person yes <laughs> you should be able to do it if this is what you want and and i feel very fortunate it's crazy but but it's it's also fun i told alone when we got married one thing i'm telling you this is never going to be boring <laughs> and now he's reminding me that he said well i didn't know how much it's true and we'll be right back after this quick break Traditional static offices are a thing of the past. Today, companies and employees want an active workspace. Veridesk helps people reimagine their office design. Being more active at work, like standing more and sitting less, can help improve your health by boosting energy and productivity. Veridesk Active Workspace Solutions make it easy to encourage more movement in a day. The new ProDesk 60 Electric Standing Desk is the cornerstone of the active office. It's designed with commercial-grade materials, stable at any height, and fully assembled in under five minutes. Plus, all Veridesk products are made to last. They're also simple to set up and move or reconfigure as businesses change and grow. Check out Veridesk products, including the new ProDesk 60 Electric risk-free for 30 days with free shipping and free returns. Learn more at veridesk.com slash Forbes. That's V-A-R-I-Desk dot com slash Forbes. When you're wearing the right outfit, it feels good. Like hitting all green lights good. Finding an onion ring in your french fries good. Getting dressed can feel just like that when you have a trunk club stylist. Because not only do we send you lots of outfits and accessories, we also teach you how to style them. And since we're a Nordstrom company, you know you'll be well taken care of. Look and feel great every single day with Trunk Club. Meet your personal stylist at trunkclub.com. That's T-R-U-N-K-C-L-U-B.com.
see, you and Alon kind of had a, it's kind of like a, a startup fairy tale in a way that you had this side project you're doing in your kitchen and it grew and you met this really important uh, founder who coaxed you on and you met the great investors and it just scaled and grown. But I know it's been a lot of hard work. What is, what were the kind of the scariest or hardest times that uh, you've had to go through in building this company? I think that when you invest a lot in one area that you truly believe that is super important, like we talked before about the hiring process, how much both Alon and I truly believe that building the right, right foundation for the company in terms of the people is essential and it's critical. And without it, we won't be able to get to the places that we should get with this company. At the same time, when you're so, so attached to an idea and you are investing so much time with it, when actually some hires are not working so well because you can't be 100% accurate with your assessments early days. Plus, many times it's the other side that feels all of a sudden that it's not a good fit. You can't control 100% every single thing that will happen with each person. It's very hard to let go. And I think that earlier days, that was a real struggle for us because you see it you know that it's not a good fit, but you're so attached, right? This person is already part of the house family. You invested so much in the hiring process. Everybody's so close with each other, but it's really not a good fit. I think that was a struggle in the earlier years to let go um, sooner, but you learn to do it. You learn that actually you are not doing any favor, not to the company, not to yourself, and definitely not to the person by dragging this decision uh, for much longer than needed. Were these, were these early hires that kind of had big roles in the company and it turns out it wasn't the right fit? Or? With the early hires, we were actually super, super fortunate. Uh-huh. Um, we built a very strong foundation. Um, many of the folks that we hired actually started working out of our own house before we found the first office are still at house today. And they are the foundation of the company. When new people come, they can look up to them and learn about the culture and why things professionally were done or programmed one way versus the other. So they are super important and essential for the company. I'm talking about different stages, even you know, one, two, three years into the process when you start bringing more senior people from the outside and you run different assessments, uh, especially in new areas that we developed in the company. Sometimes you just don't know. And I think being so attached to the hiring process uh, was making it harder for us to let go. We, we again, learned. So, no, it's not the very, very early folks. They are very, very good, and they're still here, and we love them. Oh, excellent. I want to shift gears here for a second. What are the things that Americans are doing to their homes that other people think are crazy and, and vice versa? Everything is crossing borders. So you have that interesting combination between – There is a local component, right? When it comes to content, yes, there is nothing you can do about when we are writing content about new ways, you know, to design your homes around the holidays um, and Christmas here is in the winter. Guess what? In Australia, it's actually summer. So the whole look is very, very different. I'm talking very light version, of course, on house. People do everything from very light designs like this to very heavy uh, constructions of massive homes and everything in between. Everybody, and this is pretty common, is super interested in being inspired by pictures from other places, learning from it, and potentially adopt designs from other places. Many people are interested in consulting and hiring designers and, and different professionals from other areas for different reasons. 
So just, you know, um, last year alone, 4% of our interior designers conducted business outside of their countries because somebody felt, you know, this is exactly what I want and I don't have it in my area. I'm going to get exactly that designer. And product and materials are crossing borders too. Today in the U.S., you can see a product that you truly love. I actually did um, two weeks ago. I noticed that there is an area rug for the entrance of my house that I truly love from House Denmark. I saw it in one of the pictures, I clicked on it, I added it, you know, to my cart, and and then shortly after, it appeared in my house. So now I have <laughs> that product that I like from Denmark in my house in, in, um, in the U.S. So all these things are happening. I think technology is definitely making this community and this industry much closer while keeping the local elements for everybody. Were there any kind of obscure materials or design kind of uh, ideas that kind of exploded on your site that maybe it was very regional but now it's gone it's it's gotten viral because people love it kind of from a, a strange place or just an unusual uh, material there was one interesting thing that happened i think starting with um converting a church historical church in australia to um an actual home so you know historical buildings in some countries um like in the u.s are you know, declared by the cities as historical and, you know, to be preserved and nobody can touch them. Yeah. In some areas, they actually allow, you know, the population to acquire these properties and potentially convert them to residential homes. And so I, I remember that story where one of our architects in Australia got a call uh, from a houser, a homeowner that used a platform and asked him to... Um, come and take a look at a property that he just um, bought and that was a church and he ended up um, taking that project and building a beautiful beautiful home from that church preserving all these special elements from the church these colorful windows with the arches and everything and we wrote a beautiful story about this mutual project of two houses in Australia and that triggered lots of other projects later on because people read this and and more people that purchased these churches started, you know, converting them. And I think for a long, long time, we started seeing more and more churches being converted. Now, not to say that that was not something that maybe um, happened a little bit beforehand. But I think when people see it, they are being inspired by it. Now they have access to the right resources and people with expertise that can do it. They see that it's doable and then they go and do it. So we saw different phenomena like this, which you don't expect this, but people loved it. And we saw more and more of this over the years. What are you know, I know you break the site down into different categories. What are people's favorite rooms? To What's the most popular type of room right now that people are working on? Is it kitchens or bathrooms or offices or bedrooms? What's the, what's the trend leading towards? Most people are spending most of their money on renovating their kitchen and bathrooms, period. So these two are the most popular ones. And that was the case from the get-go. In your, in, in your opinion, what's the, the number one thing people waste their money on when renovating? Mm, then it really depends. You know, we, we see um, different behaviors in, in different parts of the world. Of course, in more um, sunnier places, people um, tend to invest a lot in their um, gardens and, and, and backyards, while in others, when there is less sun and less room, um, they'll try to go with other Things that they see as um, luxury. Uh, France is very, very big in terms of pools. Uh-huh. 
um, are one of the largest countries in terms of you know putting pools in place and adding them to homes. In the UK, they love adding um, like sandbox additions. These are pieces. It's it's the equivalent of our sunrooms, um, but but it's all glass. They are trying to capture the sun that they may not have that much of. Um, and add um, more to the house. This way, they're definitely digging up and down because there is not much square footage there. So it really varies, depends on the um, areas that you are at. And, and it's interesting because every year we, we run comparison and we see um, our economists are running research both on the homeowner side and on the professional side to understand what's going on in the industry and we report back in terms of trends and what's going on and people really love it. Well, I live in a tiny New York City apartment, so I need to avoid your site at all costs because I'll get jealous really, really fast. <laughs> I actually, if, if, if you were here now interviewing me, you would see that I actually sit in a loft, a New York loft, um, even though I'm in Palo Alto and I'm staring in that loft because we designed all the rooms, all the conference rooms at house, like Room F's house. And so we have the loft and we have the kitchen nook and we have the, the pool and the kids' room and, and so on and living rooms from all over the world. And I really, really love the loft with that industrial modern look. It's, it's an actual loft and one wall is, is a photo from house that one of our professionals um, was very happy that we'll place here as the inspiration for the room. And then we carry that furniture and everything in the room that you see in the picture so that I can actually feel that I sit in that room and all the furniture came from um, the marketplace itself. Well, this is a great idea. I appreciate it. Before we go, give me one uh, surprising trend on the horizon you see in, in the world of, of design in homes. I think that what we didn't anticipate when we originally just started house, the essential and original, let's call it house 1.0, was to bring that knowledge to people and give them a sense of what's possible. Um, access to good professionals, access to good products and materials, access to ideas. So, so that was the first irritation of, of house. Um, since then, of course, we evolved quite a bit and I would call it the, the next version of product that we released was more around, okay, so now you know you want to be empowered and you to, to actually take action with your professional and you want to feel how this is all going to look in your own space. Um, so all these um, technologies from viewing my room uh, where it gives you the ability to virtually see how the product that you just saw in a picture and you love and you clicked on and you analyzed what it was and, and you placed in your own room just by using your cell phone in 3D, we have over 1 million products available to watch in 3D in your own room. And from there, you just clicked on it, add it to your cart, and shift it to your home. I think that we didn't anticipate how much these technologies, that and the visual match between the products, uh, would accelerate the engagement and the excitement of people to feel confident to make decisions and, and purchase online materials and products. And this is um, AR. Two million people have used AR when they bought product from the house app the last few months. So, so this is pretty crazy. And, and we're very excited about it because we are, you know, at heart, we are all about the technology. This is just the beginning. So this is a huge opportunity 
to continue that tr huge global transformation of the industry with the right tools that we put in people's hands. It's all about the, the great technology, the amazing community that supports us, and the amazing people at House that completely, you know, change the, the game here with all these innovations. Wow, so people are very confident now, you know, looking at digital images and turning that into physical purchases, huh? Absolutely, and we love it. <laughs> well, this is great. I want to thank Adi Tatarko, the co-founder and CEO of House. Thanks for coming on the show. Thank you. That was fun. That's it for this episode of the Forbes interview. I'm Steve Bertoni. Thanks for listening. If you want to get in touch with a question or comment, please reach us at interview at podcastone.com. Hi, I'm Spencer Raskoff, the CEO of Zillow Group, and I have a new podcast here on Podcast One called Office Hours. Listen as I have one-on-one -on -one conversations with other CEOs. We have the kind of conversations that can only happen between peers, tackling tough questions, sharing hard-won insights, and helping to define what leadership means today. Join me twice a month on Office Hours, exclusively on Apple Podcasts, PodcastOne.com, and the new Podcast One app. When you're wearing the right outfit, it feels good. Like hitting all green lights good, finding an onion ring in your french fries good. Getting dressed can feel just like that when you have a Trunk Club stylist. Because not only do we send you lots of outfits and accessories, we also teach you how to style them. And since we're a Nordstrom company, you know you'll be well taken care of. Look and feel great every single day with Trunk Club. Meet your personal stylist at trunkclub.com. That's T-R-U-N-K-C-L-U-B.com. Napa know-how. This month, get a five-quart jug of Napa full synthetic motor oil plus a Napa platinum oil filter for $21.98. That's a pretty unbelievable deal. But trust us, it's totally real, but only for a limited time. So get Napa full synthetic and a Napa platinum oil filter for $21.98 today. Quality parts, helpful people. That's Napa know-how. Napa know-how. General states pricing. Sales prices do not include applicable state local taxes or recycling fees. Offer ends 4 30 19 at the border, I'm Ed Donahue with an AP News Minute. At the roundtable discussion today in San Antonio, Texas, President Trump heard something he said he never heard before about life along the border. Many people are dying, and the danger of living here, unless you know exactly what you're doing, is tremendous. This is Texas Lieutenant Governor Dan Patrick. Where are the people in Washington to stand up for these children, these women, these senior citizens? Where are they? Bring them down. Mr. President, let the Democrats come down to Brooks County. Let them come to any of these ranches. Let them see these bodies. Let them see the skeletons. We have the photographs. Attorney General William Barr says he thinks spying did occur on Donald Trump's presidential campaign, suggesting the origins of the Russia investigation may have been mishandled. Scientists released the first image ever made of a black hole, revealing a fiery ring of gravity-twisted light swirling around the edge of the abyss. One scientist said science fiction has become science fact. I'm Ed Donahue.